Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga. Thanks for staying with us on Hot Business. So much of what happens outside of our borders affects us and our money here in South Africa. One of those things has been the challenges that we've had with rail, right? So we've seen a commodities boom, but then have lost out on it as a country because uh, a logistics sector isn't working properly. And so if we go to the Red Sea, we'll see that there have been attacks on container ships there. Some of those are now having to be rerouted uh, through Cape Town, which is longer and more expensive. Let's speak to Andrew Hendrickser, the Managing Director for Service Marine, just to find out what's happening there. Andrew, thanks so much for your time on Hot Business this evening. Supply chains being affected by those attacks on shipping containers. How, if in any way, does it affect us and our money here in South Africa? Nzinga, thank you for having me on your program. Um, of course, to give some context, you, you have 15% of international trade passing through the Suez Canal. And that's you talking now in the region of 20,000 ships a year going through that, that, that conduit and linking the east to Europe and to east, uh, Eastern American coasts. Uh, and with these attacks... The, the, the repercussions in, 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 in having to reroute around the Cape of Good Hope involves a week to 10 day longer voyage for those vessels. Of course, the extra 5,000 miles that's involved in having to travel around, 5,000 kilometers that is, that has to travel, that these vessels have to travel comes at a cost. Um, just the fuel costs alone, you're talking about a million US dollars. And then there's all the other costs involved there as well, like your, your crewing costs, your, your maintenance of your vessel um, over the duration of that voyage uh, all impact your operational costs. And of course, then of course, there's the delays in commodities arriving at their, at their final destinations. Now, the big need for these vessels that have been inconvenienced by, by these attacks and are having to reroute is that the fact they need additional fuel. That's the number one, the number one problem that they're facing logistically from an operational perspective. So they are looking around the African coast to where they can take extra bunkers, which is your marine fuel, um, and what just where, where they can find fuel en route to Europe or to Eastern America. And there are various options. Now, traditionally, South Africa has always been the perfect destination, and from a geographical point of view, as a as a as a place to to take extra provisions. Um, there's a well-established what they call OPL sector, which is your launch service vessels that go out to meet vessels at OPL. That stands for off-port limits. These are ships that are not coming into your ports, but are actually um, passing through South African territorial waters, but require either a crew change or extra provisions or spare parts, etc. However, if they, they, they so we have that in place already. However, if you want fuel, you have to come into port because the only port that used to be able to supply OPL fuel, which is which is uh, which where you have tankers offshore out of the, outside of the ports where ships don't have to come into port, was in Port Elizabeth at Quebec. Um, and unfortunately, in the second half of last year, um, there was a dispute between the bunker service providers and SARS. So that, that op so SARS put a, a halt to all operations in the in Algoa Bay of 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 the port of, of Port Elizabeth. Um, so therefore, where we were perfectly positioned to give um, supply fuel to these vessels now needing extra fuel, 
We're now sitting in South Africa with a situation where our vessels, the vessels have to come into port, and we all know that our ports are congested. We've heard many reports, but our Durban had 70 vessels in November, December, waiting outside to come into port because of congestion, mm. and Cape Town also being congested. So this it means that there's a possible. So now they're looking for alternatives in Africa. So the opportunity that we that that, that and the windfall that could have come to South Africa with the 300 vessels that have already diverted. Um, possibly we're going to lose out on that opportunity mm. because they're going to choose other, other African destinations, other African ports to do their, their, to get their, their fuel. Yeah, I guess one of the points that are raised from these attacks at the Red Sea is the issue of security, right? Um, mm -hmm. That it could happen anywhere depending on geopolitical factors, which very few people have control of. Uh, what's to stop? You know, we know that there's a piracy problem on some parts of the coast and our continent, what's to stop that happening, let's say, in Durban or in Cape Town? Yes, I, th I think from, from, a, from a security perspective, I think there are hotspots um, that, that, that can affect the shipping activity globally. Um, and I think that when it comes to, to, to Durban and the South African ports and the South African ports receiving um, um, car cargo through their ports, in other words, the exports and the imports and the actual efficiencies of our ports um, is more of a problem really from a security perspective to South Africa, um, from an economic security perspective to South Africa, than actually the, the, the political and uh, hotspots around and where you have warfare or you have piracy, etc. Our real issue is our ports are not effective and not efficient and it's preventing growth within the country and actually putting our, our our country um, from an economic perspective at risk more than, than anything else, if you ask me. Okay. And then when it comes to, Andrew, uh, staying with the issue of security, how do we make sure that we, if in any way, capitalize from what could be extra business coming in because of those attacks? Is it too late for that if we're still having those challenges of congested ports? I, I think I think the opportunity is going to be missed in South Africa. Oh no! If, if, if you look, if you look at, if, I mean, if I speak to the agents uh, who, who um, for all the sh major shipping lines, which I have done, and I look at our, ourselves at Servest, who are ready to do OPL services and launch services along with other service, um, uh, other launch service providers around our coast, um, we feel as though the opportunities that are there will will filter through to us in a smaller way than what could be. The, the real proper windfall where, where we'd get the bulk of the work coming through, coming around the African coast will go elsewhere. It will go to countries like, for example, like Mauritius, where they have offshore bunkering services available. That will mean that vessels don't need to delay by going into port. Um, ports, for example, like Maputo are, are better run than Durban. Um, so why go to Durban where you might end up waiting outside the port for a couple of days, getting to port, then find that you can't get out of mm -hmm. port because tax services aren't available. So Maputo will be a, a, a destination ahead of Durban possibly. Um, and of course, Walfus Bay and um, in, in Namibia and Luanda in Angola are also being used for supplying bunkering services. So the risks of coming to South Africa at the moment for bunkers um, will possibly mean that, that, that we will not pick up on all this extra activity around the African coast, our neighboring countries more than likely will do better than us, to be totally honest with you. 
Hey, Andrew Henrik, sir. Thank you so much for your time on Hot Business this evening. Andrew is the Managing Director for Service Marine, just talking to us about how international factors are affecting shipping and also a little bit of our logistics challenges as well. Appreciate your time on Hot Business this evening, Andrew. Thank you, there. Hot 1027 Business with Enzinger.